the Koi Gig part. Who is this serving and what is the end goal would be kind of nice to know. I feel like we haven't had quite enough Irish bias this year, so I am quite happy to see this. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports Welcome along Football Show Dion Fanning of The Currency is here in studio You're very welcome, good to see you Hi Joe, how's it going? Very well, we have just <coughs> watched Argentina beat Croatia by three goals to nil Very comprehensive in the end So first half Croatia started very well Had lots of the ball And then from, well their own corner routines their own set piece routines really they were sucker punched first on 34 minutes Alvarez went through on goal penalty was given Messi struck the penalty brilliantly it was everything Harry Kane was trying to do it was it really was, it was uh, I'm sure even Harry Kane it may have crossed his mind somewhere uh, watching from afar and then Alvarez uh, ran through and scored a very memorable second goal he was both simultaneously in control of the ball not in control of the ball like bundling through and then when the ball did pop up for him, he finished so calmly. And then Alvarez scored the third goal, the decisive goal, which killed the tie on 70 minutes. It will be remembered for Lionel Messi. Just watching the very emotional celebrations there and naturally cameras are zoomed in tight on Messi's face and he's singing and he's laughing and he's emoting in a way that in some ways we haven't seen him do for the previous 15 years. He's been a remote figure in that kind of a way. But I said to you, just as I walked in, starting to wonder if there's a bit of destiny about this one all of a sudden yeah you said that and I, I'm not so sure um, we'll see what happens tomorrow night but if France are there I still fancy France um, and I actually fancied Croatia tonight I had a sneaking suspicion so, for so Croatia as well um, yes. they, Croatia had nothing in the final third that was, that was yeah and and, I, and everybody knew that but they felt they could overcome it yeah. and I think against an Argentina team that hasn't played as well as they played tonight mm. like this is the first time they really looked like a proper team yes I thought I, I thought Croatia were actually a more complete team than Argentina and that's why I thought they could do it even with the lack of uh, forwards yeah um, but they just like I think Semi-finals are where underdog romances go to die because, (laughs) like, they just looked spent. Spent. Extra time, two games at extra time and penalties. And once, uh, you know, once once Argentina got the second goal, it just just looked over for them. It did. So Argentina started against Saudi Arabia. They lost that opening game. Perhaps they weren't as bad there as the scoreline reflected. They scored... At least two offside goals, which were offside by the smallest of margins. But they lost nonetheless. And then there was the Mexico game. And I think you were in reviewing the Sunday papers the next morning. And that was truly the most cynical, awful. I said I loved it. Yes, you did. (laughs) Uh, That was an abomination of a game. But nonetheless, they won that 2-0. And then they beat Poland in the final group game, which they had to to get through. And that was a Poland side that didn't throw a punch at anybody. Mm. So it was hard to read too much into it. They then beat Australia 2-1. Again, that was more about moments as opposed to anything as complete as this evening. And then the Netherlands game had its own uh, ferocious quality. But they gave up a two-goal lead there and looked vulnerable there. And again, you looked at Croatia as almost being a more... um, uh, 
road tested team or a more a, a, a more equal a team with more equilibrium than just well, a, a messy it team. Was, yeah, well, I think like there obviously the the Argentina team has evolved throughout the the campaign as yeah. well, and like Alvarez has come in who wasn't there at the beginning, but I think the thing, and this is why. Yeah, what you're saying, I agree with you what you're saying about Croatia. What I felt about Argentina was like Messi has evolved too and is in a way he's become more and more, he's becoming more and more prominent. And even, but again, even against the Netherlands, you're looking at going, if only, you know, is there anyone else there who can help him? Yeah. Because he's doing these incredible things and he's doing, and and today he, he it's ridiculous to say he peaked because of what Messi's done. But in this tournament, um, he just he reached another level again. He looks inspired, doesn't he? Yeah, and like for the third goal, it was it was insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. But there were other players today as well. McAllister was excellent. Alvarez obviously got the goals. Um, there was an energy about them, an the intensity, one, yeah. and a, like a a speed and a, a, yeah, primarily an intensity that Croatia really couldn't live with. And I hadn't regarded Argentina as this wonderfully intense team until tonight. No, but then. It, it it does look more like the team. I think I think the Saudi Arabia defeat mm. um, meant everybody just dismissed Argentina really as you know, it's like oh hold on a second this thirty six game unbeaten run that must be like what 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 uh, what clans were they playing in mm. those matches like it was suddenly that that was uh, dismissed and I think and as you say because there was never any the performances weren't they were always bitty yes never complete no um, tonight was a pretty complete performance albeit Croatia had a lot of the ball but rarely Croatia had a lot of the ball yeah they did but then in the first half an hour they had a lot of the ball but they weren't really getting anywhere and I think Argentina were quite happy with it and quite happy to let them have it and you know the way Messi plays now just getting on the ball okay and when he he just is it's it's so efficient like it's so incredibly efficient like everyone you know the the walking is kind of a cliche at this stage but it's just it's just maximum efficiency yeah because it's just you you're you're watching genius kind of with with like just got pared down to its essence and he just does it and you know there's those moments and he did it against the Netherlands as well. Just those passes, yes. those, like they're extraordinary. And there is no player. I don't care what any. There has never been a player where you just you start laughing the way you start laughing with Messi. Like the third goal, mm. you watch the replays of it again, and you start off on the touchline at the halfway line. And you're, you know, we're getting the amateur angles increasingly on Twitter now as well. Yeah, they're starting to emerge, and you get different viewpoints. I know, from and every, and you're just, you're just, it's just that intake of breath or the laughter or whatever it is. It's just, it's just, it's extraordinary. And that was against Josko Garvajal, the twenty-year-old, who's probably the young player of the tournament and arguably the defender of the tournament. Strong, mm. fast, fifteen years younger, <laughs> and still. He just managed to turn him <coughs> one way, turn him another way. And that that shoulder drop with his back to goal. Mm. I think like there are, there are players who can do what Messi did from the halfway line to the point in the box. But I think most players, when they've got their back to goal and defender is goal side and they've been stood up, I think most players check back out and recycle possession. And just to do that and to have that agility and the, well, look, the, the genius has always been there, but to still be able to 
to turn like that and move like that at his age is really quite something. Well, yeah, there's players who can do that to that point primarily because they have physical advantages over the players that they're up against. Yeah. Um, like what was what was kind of humiliating for Guardiola was that he's got all the physical advantages over somebody who's 15 years older than him. He sort of kept pace with Messi all yeah. the way into the box but still couldn't dispossess so him. And just couldn't, didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. And he's just, he's just, he's just wrong-footed kind of mentally yeah. from the start. And then that final, that turn. final flourish yeah. along the that, end line. That like, turn with his back yeah. to him is just extraordinary. I mean, it really is. And then the finish, Pearl Alvarez, I mean, he deserves more mention because he's having an extraordinary tournament. Ironically, it's the World Cup as opposed to signing for Man City and scoring goals for Man City as Haaland's supporting act. It's been Messi's supporting act where he's made a name for himself. Signed for just 14 million. Yeah. So that's turning out to be uh, very good business, I would think. The opening goal, the penalty, you saw it as a penalty, did you? Yeah, just about, I think so. Um, I can see why you would, you might think it wasn't a penalty too, because the keeper's come out to make a, make a save, the ball's gone by him and Alvarez has, has run into him. So, um, like, is it... Uh, like I'm not sure what the keeper is supposed to do in that situation. Yeah. Um, but again, if you say if it was if it was a defender and you ran past them and you and you ran into them, it would probably be a foul. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not like I could see I could see a reason why it wasn't. But the referee was um, so he didn't have any doubt. He was it was so straight in. Yeah. Straight in. And you now I think it probably was a penalty. Yeah. On balance, uh, well, I was watching initially on mute in here and I, I akin to what you said I thought well keeper's definitely allowed to come out in fact has to come out to a point and then he's certainly allowed to hold his ground yeah and then he's run into but there there was maybe just the slightest hint of lifting a right knee mm. perhaps to try and stop the ball and make himself bigger but maybe to stop Alvarez running around him I thought it was a tight decision it certainly wasn't stonewall penalty but it was given and then that was an incredible penalty on Messi's yeah. part for a man who's prone to missing a penalty. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was a great penalty as you say. It was uh, it was actually yeah. like it was as if he said look, Harry Kane, this is what you're meant to do with those kind of penalties. I see Harry Kane has reached the really terrible point where somebody uh, referred to I think Dara O'Brien, the housing minister as the Harry, Harry Kane of politics in the doll tonight, wow. that really awful moment when politicians start uh, shoehorning I think World a, Cup references in. A politician was described as Harry Maguire-esque in advance of the tournament elsewhere. So now one Harry has replaced another clearly in politics yeah. as yeah. the default punch bag. The second goal then, again, Croatia will have their regrets because it came from their own corner and Alvarez... Uh, got possession maybe just past halfway. There was a degree of bundling his way through and a ricochet here and a, almost a knowing oh, I'm kneeing it back off another player. Uh, Luis Suarez was quite good at doing that at times. He'd bundle his way through and so it was messy and there was a degree of luck but there was also a fair amount of intent on Al- on Alvarez's part and then the composure was in the finish. So we're calling it a very good goal I think. Well yeah although I think again it did also underline how much Croatia were struggling tonight yeah. because they made a mess of the corner. Yeah, The break happens. 
the defence, like you talked about Guardiola, but I'd like everyone's talked about how Lovren has raised his game because of because of you know because of the defence the way it's been working together. But actually, it looked like it was reversed tonight that everyone had gone down to kind of Lovren's level. Yeah, and uh, um, it was actually I think probably a messy. It's probably a messy assist for this goal as well. If you if you don't count all the Croatia players who touched it, but he passed it to Alvarez. Um, well, Alvarez took the pass in his own half, so it was, it was still. But he did. It was it was a great goal because he kind of persisted. Yes, uh, and kept going, and the, the the deflections kept coming back to him, and he kept and reacting he, to them. Kept reacting. You have to, to react them. to these deflections. Yeah. There is and, a skill in that, and the finish was lovely. So no, it was it was an extra, it was an extraordinary goal, and it was kind of comic in its own way too. But it was it was a go, it was a good goal. It's been commented upon all tournament, but it certainly felt like a very real factor this evening. And that is the fact that Argentina are playing all these games at home. I mean, the support they've mm. taken is extraordinary. I mean, they could, it really will be quite something World Cup final. They're going to have 60, 70 percent of the stadium again. It would be good if Morocco was, was in, were in the, with, with them there. Have they taken a big support yeah, base? Yeah. They have. OK. So that would be interesting. Mm. But it won't be. Semi-finals are where romance goes to die. Yes, okay. So at this point, you're feeling France to get it done tomorrow and France to get it done on Sunday. Yeah, I think so. I think, again, despite what we saw from Argentina today, I I think on the basis that France are definitely a proper team, Mm. I think uh, they'll beat Argentina. I think they've got too much. They're not Croatia. They've got it forwards they've got Mbappe they can do you know they can create things and I I do feel they'll have too much for Argentina Mm. well we'll see that's tomorrow at 8 o'clock we'll talk about that in due course Marcelo Mori Iorahu hopefully is going to join us from the stadium in due course we're going to take a very short break Dion is staying with us there's obviously (coughs) a, a whole couple of days to talk about which we'll do in just one sec so uh, short break. Dion Fanning staying with us. We'll hopefully check in with Marcella as well on uh, extraordinary evening for Lionel Messi. And the football show, as ever, is brought to you with thanks to Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BD Sport and Premier Sports. Back in one minute. Football on off the ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. You're welcome back. Joe Malo here, Dion Fanning alongside me as we reflect on vintage Messi for Argentina against Croatia. 3-0 winners, they're through to the final. We'll chat with Marcella Mori-Irao. She was at the stadium in just a couple of minutes. She's getting set up. Uh, what are we to say of the last few days? Because they've been eventful. We've had Brazil crash out. Croatia obviously through and now out themselves. We've had... Morocco do their thing and then we had England against France which was all kinds of interesting. The general sense, I would think 99% sense in the English media is Southgate should stay. He's definitely toing and froing on that. It was interesting, Kenny Cunningham was in last night for instance and he was saying, look, if England want to take the next step, Foden should have been in that number 10 slash number 8 mm. position, whichever you want, but it should have been Foden in there and... Henderson out, Foden, Bellingham, Rice, that more attacking verve would have got the job done against France. And, and Southgate's inclination is always to go for more defensive uh, point of view. So he's not without criticism, but I, I don't know what your sense is of Southgate. In what sense? Do you think he's 
justifiably <clears throat> the manager to take them into the Euros in 18 months time that he's done a good enough job that he's, he's shown enough as England manager or is there a degree of they keep falling short for uh, similar reasons I, I yeah I think they're falling short for similar like for the same reasons I I, I get why people are being are backing him um, I think they want to be uh, looking looking long term they feel that this is the right thing to be doing. And I, I'm talking about the media as well as everybody yeah. else. Now they feel that's the way to do it. Uh, but I think it also, like, there's a kind of, it's possible, that I'm sort of detecting this kind of strange muddle now about what they really want to do. So there's this sort of insistence that the manager has to be English, um, which is fine. And I kind of get it. I think that there's, there's a, that is, a you know, Jamie Carragher wrote this article about this. Uh, in the Telegraph and saying, you know, and I get that argument. I think it's a valid argument that it's international football. It should be, you know, the best, the English centre forward versus the French centre forward, English manager versus French manager and so on. Um, well, there's no point playing by those rules unless the rest of the world is abiding No, but they it. do, but they do kind of play with it. Like the big countries, no, no country's ever won a World Cup with a foreign manager. So it, it's played by those rules Effective, like you yeah. know, it is is uh, de facto rules. Um, Richard Key said this was borderline racist. He did say that. But I, I was going to bring Richard Keyes into it later. <laughs> well, inevitably, you know. uh, he did. He did say that. Um, but I think England. But then at the same time, what what England is really kind of eager to do is to promote their pathway as well, their managerial pathway, the, the St George's Park mm. project, which. Uh, which kind of was meant to be because they don't have the academy element that Claire Fontaine have where they train the players there. The academies, the, the creation of the players in the England squad in the England squad have been taken care of by the Premier League clubs and their academies, which were revamped around the same time as they opened St. George's Park. Mm-hmm. So St. George's Park was going to be what Howard Wilkinson called this, you know, Oxbridge education for coaches. So this should be if that's what's happening, this should be producing the next coach. Yeah. But they don't have anyone lined up for that. They don't. So, like, Gareth Southgate seems to be the, the, the beginning and end of the St. George's Park project because he only came in because Sam Allardyce got caught in a sting. Yeah. He was part of the, he was part of the fabric of the FA. Southgate was. He came in on an interim basis and has done a great job but now, when when he's gone, it's like, well, hold on a second, we don't have any, we don't have any plan. Mm. So, like the obvious, like this is where they get into a, a kind of a strange position. Like Lee Carsley mm. is kind of you know the obvious person if you're actually committing to that pathway. Not not Eddie Howe or Graham Potter, really, but but the person actually who's who's been part of that system. Yeah. But they can't give it to Lee Carsley. Because he's Irish. Nor does he have the profile. No, but 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 that shouldn't be. That shouldn't really be the. Yeah, but uh, come back into the real world. I know, but yeah, but he doesn't have the body of work <clears throat> either. But Southgate had no body of work. Southgate was a really mediocre manager who had just got into the FAI or the FA uh, bureaucracy, mm. and 
and then came out, you know, and, and just was spat out when just suddenly was the guy sitting in the seat when the music stopped and Sam Aldrice was there with a pint of wine in front of him mm-hmm. saying things which nobody can even remember what he said. It was such a ridiculous, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> scandal. Like he said nothing yeah. and he was gone. Yeah. But it worked out well for English football. But they've no, they don't seem to have created any strategy beyond that which is a strange thing, which is why Southgate seems to have quite a few advantages. Although it does seem to be edging too that he will decide to go. Yeah, I think he feels he's done. I think he feels tired. Um, but I, 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 and I feel the one thing I would say about a big name, I don't think they should go. I don't think it works for him. It didn't work with Capello. It didn't work with, with Sven. But the one thing it kind of does is it sort of focuses focuses a team on the now mm. and like I think it's kind of extraordinary that England are talking about the future again like this is a World Cup quarter final people talk about how well they played it was a World Cup quarter final and they lost it like you might as well say Senegal played very well in the game for half an hour in the, in the last 16 match against England it doesn't matter mm. they got knocked out and England won and they're using they're, like that is to their credit but they lost in the quarterfinal. It doesn't really matter how well you play at that stage. That's your kind of, that's your baseline. And I think in some ways, the one advantage of having a manager who you're paying, who's a big name and you're paying six million a year to, it's like, well, you've got to win. Yeah. I find that, I've listened to a lot of their conversations over the last 24 hours on UK radio and podcast, this notion of, do you think we should go English or foreign? As if, <laughs> but, as, as, but as if they're two distinct styles, as if like Jose Mourinho <laughs> and Marcelo Bielsa would bring the same things like English or foreign. It's just the most, like I've never heard such stupid conversations as genuinely like, a, like low bar maybe, but like in the last 24 hours, this English or foreign conversation, what does that mean? What's an English manager versus a foreign manager in terms of anything? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. But you see, it also doesn't mean okay. uh, what. This is the thing. I think there is an argument to be saying, should we be going for a coach schooled through our system? Yeah. Or should we be going for somebody, whether it's Graham Potter or, or Pochettino yeah, yeah. or Eddie Howe, who isn't schooled through our system? That should be their question. question. I agree. Park that for one second. I'm told Marcelo Mora Irahu joins us on the line. You're, you're at the stadium. You've been very good by making time for us. Are you there? I am here. I am here. I'm just sitting outside a press conference room and a mixed zone room. So if uh, if you need to run, anything really run. exciting yes. happens, I might just go. Ah! That is no problem. see foreigners, foreigners. I'm chasing after them. <laughs> so, uh, well, that was pretty extraordinary this evening. Argentina's best performance of the tournament by some distance, I think it's fair to say, Marcella. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think Messi's uh, really improving game by game. And that's a really kind of wonderful thing to see because you keep thinking, oh, will he, you know, has he got it in him? So really beautiful contrast of him at his bestest and the you know the young emerging stars Julian Alvarez uh, sealing our fate um, as a nation and so on. So uh, really, really exciting and great to be here. And you know, I think Croatia started looking like they might be a bit of a menace, but 
um, it it just got easier and easier and better and better. So, yes, I mean, uh, I'm getting as as I speak, I get distracted. Because messages are pouring in from back home. Um, people saying, you know, are we taking to the streets? Others are urging caution. Not yet, but I think it is a celebratory. Uh, achievement it's worth celebrating getting to the final and it, it really is fantastic for Messi and you could see his um, sorry this is dropping I think something's happening here and I may have to go you could see his his relief almost his, his super his I think his expression at the end of that game was satisfaction and I think that's probably what most fans are feeling after a really intense ride to get here. Satisfied. It, yeah. It looks like the entire stadium every time Argentina plays is full of Argentinians. Well, there's certainly been a few charters arriving these last couple of days on super offers and promotions. And there's been clubs and the Football Association gathering fans. So there's more tonight. I don't know if... Um, the streets of, of Doha are also full of fans who are not necessarily all from Argentina, but who support Argentina. A lot of local support. But yeah, um, there, yes, that, and, and, there's a, and there was a big move to get more tickets. You know, as, as countries progress through the World Cup, the, the remaining participants get more ticket allocations. So there's been a lot of WhatsApp action around the Argentinians in Doha trying to find where the tickets are, what the lists are, how you get on them and so on. You mentioned that look of satisfaction on Messi's face, which was very apparent as he celebrated at full time. Lionel Scaloni, the manager, looked very emotional. Marcelo, well, has, has he been? Has, yeah, I, I can't imagine, actually. It must be extraordinary <laughs> for him. Have you seen him that emotional before? Yes, yes. Um, the, well, the pinnacle of emotion... Um, was when Pablo Aymar really kind of burst into tears in the group stages when Argentina got through and Scaloni called for everyone to calm down. But he had bit his lip and wept and wept hugging his son who he brought down from the, you know, the, the seats to the bench and so on. So, yes, they, this is a very emotional uh, squad and group of, of men. Um, so I can, I think, well-deserved. He didn't look uncontrolled or meltdown or convulsing. He looked genuinely um, like, wow, what have we done? Mm. And I think probably millions, millions of people are feeling that with him. Marcella, the that emotion you talked about, people have said that Argentina can't kind of run on that emotion from match to match, the kind of, you know, the highs and the lows, but the, it does actually seem to be driving them forward and giving them energy. For sure, and they and they clearly can. I think there was something quite interesting going on in the in the beginning of that game where Croatia seemed to be doing what Argentina usually do, it, controlling the ball, passing the ball, enjoying the ball, wanting it, and Argentina seemed to be running around a little bit, like, surprised, but... Uh, it came through and I think it's a mixture of, of, of emotion and passion and that organic style of play that, I mean, Valdana has been defending a lot in, in, in his writings in El País over the last couple of weeks and people are generally, um, you know, there's some sort of 
conversation going on about whether emotion alone can do it or whether the more tactical kind of, uh, you know, prepared. But 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 today, I think also I just to show that they did prepare for this and they were, you know, they were able. I mean, I was always scared about Argentina's defence and, and whether, um, you know, they would relax into complacency and it just didn't happen. And I think that's amazing. And there is quite a lot of study into that. But the point is now they've got, they've reached the final. And so now but this is as much as anybody can hope to do in a World Cup is play every game. And uh, whatever happens next, I think they have delivered that, that joy and satisfaction that, people were expecting and ultimately we all go back to normal life next week and that's that you know no one's no one's life is going to change except for maybe Julian Alvarez is <laughs> um you mm. know Marcella just because uh, I'm conscious you're 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 uh, being very good Sorry, for us yeah, here yeah <laughs> so one last quick question you know this amazing photo of the Argentinian players uh, screaming at the Dutch players at the finale mm. of that penalty shootout in Argentina, is this a, a cause of debate? Like, do we want our boys behaving this way? Or is this universally yes, loved? Course. No, 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 no. And someone, uh, some, someone wrote uh, the vulgar side took over and they've been absolutely vilified. There's a massive, um, of course, it's, it, people are split about whether it's right or wrong to, to do that. Right. But I think every single thing that happens on a football pitch can become an issue of debate everywhere in the world. And that's, ultimately what you know what's so compelling about this game that we're not we're not really that different any of us are we especially not in our approach to football there might be minor differences of attitude or code or etiquette but every issue is divisive was it a penalty wasn't it a penalty should that be recorded should it not have been recorded was it right was it wrong to Bangal and the Dutch players provoke was the you know the Paredes kick it to the bench. It might be debated for years to come. I think um, we're at a different point now in this tournament. So there's a lot of epilogues to be written once it's done. But in this kind of step by step moment, my moment, we are at the final, yeah. <laughs> on the eve of the final. Amazing, amazing. Well, listen, thank you so much for making time for us. We'll let you go because I know you're juggling a few thank things you, there. Yeah, well, I did. It was, yes, cheers. Thank <laughs> you. Bye-bye. Marcella Mori arrived there at the stadium, I think uh, somewhere running between one press conference, one mix zone. So thanks again to her. Interesting it was debated in Argentina. I thought there'd just be a sense of there are boys. Look at them <laughs> doing their thing. We're yeah, so proud. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I, well, I, I also think when it comes to World Cups, like this is something I remember being in Brazil for the World Cup actually being pointed out to me that like you know a lot of the people supporting Brazil the World Cup don't have any interest in football they're the ones people they're, gravitate you, towards yeah like 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 everywhere else yeah that there's still there's still a huge huge amount of people when World Cup Cups come around that you know which is fine yeah but they join in even though you always expect Brazil everyone must be always talking about football but no, there's obviously, and I think maybe when the whole country is watching something like this, there are going to be people who uh, take it take a different view. I think they were provoked. I think uh, I think everyone should just get off their backs. <laughs> well, as Marcella said, it feels like a long time ago now. Anyway, I was just curious culturally to see how it was uh, greeted. 
So um, we were just before she um, joined us there talking about English or foreign and, and the just like, I, 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 that's, <clears throat> that's where the debate is. But I, I, genuinely, I think the Southgate's done a really, really good job. And I think the fact that it's only 18 months away as opposed to a full two year cycle might tempt him. I'd make England. Would you not make England under Southgate as they currently are, as we guess they would be in 18 months? Pretty damn close to favourites along with France for that for the Euros. Yeah, but they should be, they, but they should be close to being favourites, regardless of manager. No, yeah. well, no, no, not regardless of manager. But I just think there's a bit of a danger in just constantly, and we 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 have this to a degree in Ireland, but I think it's it's necessary. But yeah. there's a danger in always looking like this. This like seven of the team that were on the pitch on on Saturday mm. were were at the World Cup. Were, were were like in the first eleven in 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 twenty eighteen. So yeah. there's they've they've as much work to do in replacing the players who are like Harry Kane, sure. like Harry Maguire. They've players they've got to replace as much as they've got to look forward to the players um, who they have now, kind of reaching their peak. See, I I felt. At the weekend, they played it very, very well. It was a perfectly acceptable effort, and I don't mean acceptable as some kind of euphemism. I mean, you know, like it was a very acceptable effort, and that game could have gone either way. And it's it's just one of those things. I mean, I hate to say it is what it is, but sometimes but it just it, like I don't think they they left it behind. Really. I'm not saying this to get. I'm not saying this in a way that means Southgate. I think Southgate should go, but yeah. I actually think when it's there, when you've played well and you should have won it. Mm. Is that not more of a more of a reason to be frustrated? Yes, I mean it's it's it. I mean it, it's more of a killer for them. Yeah. yeah. So the, and and it's more of a they they've they it's more of an opportunity lost. Big time because every other previous tournament we've watched England, with the exception of the Euros last year, they have been valiant losers but deserving losers mm. and outclassed quite often. Yeah. Whereas that wasn't the case here. They were they had, they managed to pitch up at a level that. You know, the, the two best teams in the tournament for me were France and England and they yeah. pitched up at a level and they came up short and yeah it, it's more of a sickener but that's less of a reason for a clear out or a we need to reevaluate the manager but, or we yeah, need to think but, over but I, I, Yeah but only if you're kind of judging it by the old sort of terms of reference that if like it's you know if they'd lost 3-0 or have been some kind of humiliation and it's you know you can put some mock up of, of Southgate on the back page Yeah and stuff like that, but I think in terms of where they're they're going, I think this was a tra- this this is a real missed opportunity, mm. real missed opportunity. And I think that kind of seems to have not been reflected in the kind of well, you know, it could have we played very well and it could have gone either way, and it's just a a missed penalty. Like England had a huge amount of possession in the second half and didn't really create. Enough with it. Yeah, that's the biggest criticism. There, there isn't a guilt edge chance that haunts anyone because they didn't create one. No, and that, and that's, and that's that's the biggest criticism. And when sure. you look at the players that they have, and I, even the player, like I've been, a, <clears throat> I've been kind of astonished, and I think he's brilliant, and I think he's 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 everything that people get excited about. But it's kind of it's quite a destructive people talking about how good Bellingham was against France, and I watched the game again. And I've heard some people who've read the, watched the game again and said, yes, he was brilliant. I watched the game again. And it's like, he wasn't at this game. Mm. Uh, like he, He's getting huge credit for his kind of 
his his sort of pastoral care, which is great. Like yeah. you know, he had a word with Harry Kane, and yeah. he was around the referee. But you know, he 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 didn't close down quickly enough on the goal. Yeah, and he just wasn't there, and that's fine. He's young, he's fine, yeah. he's a brilliant player. But it's instructive that that doesn't even. Uh, seem to like there doesn't seem to register yeah no, I agree with you on that. I, I think if Bellingham was 26 and then put in that performance against France nobody would be saying he was great no like I thought Rice was more to the fore yeah right, Rice, right, Rice was brilliant in some ways you watch Rice against lesser teams and you think oh, there's more in this guy he's not yeah. doing very much but then when you pitch him in at that level that most elite level against France his physicality and his presence is so valuable yeah and I think well I think he, he's, his, his talents are better suited to Kind of, you know, uh, just breaking football. up, yeah, and breaking, and breaking up, up football, breaking, absolutely. Breaking up play, which the higher up you go is more valuable yeah. commodity. And absolutely. he really did that. And yeah. like, you know, and you, again, if you go back and look at the Senegal game, Rice did like Rice couldn't get into it at all. He's not made for the Senegal not, game. No, he's no. not. But uh, but for the first half hour, none of the England midfield were were doing anything. They found a habit of starting very badly. actually, yeah. quite a few of the games. But uh, but I agree with you. Rice was far more prominent. Um, in that game mm. than Belling that in the France game than Bellingham. Curious to see. I mean, Harry Kane in four years' time. Well, that's what I mean. Like, no, mm. unlikely. Yeah, pretty unlikely. Although uh, Messi and yeah, but I, I, <laughs> it's different. I mean, like Kane, drop, I just don't see it with Kane's. Like he's he's slow in a different way. Even as he drops deeper and he does all that element of his game that he, he he's keen to promote and he's good at. He's good at it, and he's actually very important for England at it too. It's an important element for England when he drops deep. He actually gets things functioning in a way mm. uh, that, and again, going back to Senegal, that was when things started to change when he came deeper and got the ball. Yeah, but it's hard to see it in four years, which again is why you can't keep. Like I remember, <laughs> okay, and I'm not comparing Gareth Southgate to Roy Hodgson, but I remember. England getting knocked out of the group stages in 2014. Well, that was a bizarre one, the way they pitched that 2014 World Cup. I agree with you. Yeah, and yeah. it was all like, you know, I'm, I'm very confident about the future. Yes. Uh, it led to Iceland in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, look, that was nonsense, that uh, that 2014. But it was again, but it was, see, there was... This is different, I but think. But there was a mind, there was a, there was, there was a shift in the mindset taking place then. Mm. That kind of meant right. We we think long term, and it's 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 the right thing to do because look at Southgate's look at Southgate's record compared to the record of every England manager since Alf Ramsey. Like he has brought um, a bit of of calmness and some belief in in a project. But as I said earlier, that can't go with him. Like if if you if there is something the FA. Seems to be caught caught by surprise by the idea that he might be leaving because they don't have they're you know they aren't like there's a reason why the debate has turned into English or foreign mm. because there isn't English there isn't there isn't just somebody oh, well here's your like but does any country develop does any country develop a manager like that that just waits in the wings for his chance to take over well, international Germany team? did it hasn't worked out that well but yeah. Like, before um, clock really comes against us, what of Brazil then and their exit to Croatia and Neymar's international career probably over and Ronaldo as well and uh, Portugal's exit. But Brazil, first of all, there was a degree of rejoice uh, I saw on Twitter. People just feel Brazil are a touch uh, too fond of themselves. But you what the the backlash to the to the to the dancing? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I think it's always a bit of maybe. 
maybe it's not so much today because I don't know if people feel it, but some of us always have a kind of, you know, historical kind of sadness when Brazil go out. You want Brazil to go deep into a tournament and they're, and you know, it's like, it's getting a lot, it's turning, it's, it's a long time now. It's going to be a long time since they've won a World Cup. Yeah. Um, well, they've equaled their longest run now, 70 to 94 and now 02 to yeah. 2026. And, uh, and I actually thought like, you know, and I was kind of like, they they blew it, like they really oh. blew it. Because the other thing is like that Neymar goal, Sublime. like one of the goals, no. one of the goals of the tournament. Saying like to the guys earlier, like uh, Neymar is somebody I, I just can't no. uh, warm to or th- I think he's one of th- an unfulfilled talent. but. That moment did make me think, Ronald. Well, if he's another moment or two like that, and Brazil yeah. win the World Cup, you have to re-examine Neymar's career a little bit. Yeah, although he did, he'd done absolutely nothing until then. Yeah, not a huge amount, but it was a a proper moment because that was a stubborn Croatian defence trying yeah. to break down. No, it was, a, and it was a brilliant goal, and yeah. then they they just um, they just blew it like they really did. Yeah. And uh, um, but yeah, it, it's probably. The end for like it is probably the end for like I I also do think with Neymar he doesn't look um, and it's not like in the messy way he doesn't look kind of really sharp he's not and like he doesn't look fit and that, he doesn't like, even that like he, and he doesn't look athletic he's not but like he's he's a shocking professional <laughs> and almost by his own admission in that documentary yeah yeah to the point where when he played some of his best football it was straight off the pandemic when PSG got to the Champions League mm. final and it was honestly because all the nightclubs were closed and everywhere was closed. Yeah, there was yeah. nothing for him to do except he played football with his mates during yeah. lockdown and came back fit for the first mm. time in about a decade mm. and was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, know. what a shock. You know, know. Train, no, it is. Well, train, that's it. Train like, hard really yeah. and get rest and don't go out all the time. I get better at football. You know? Yeah. No, I think I think there is that element and it's uh, it does. Um, yeah, the, the, like the fact that he was still on the field probably like and okay he was there to do that to score that goal but again yeah. um he isn't messy like he doesn't merit the kind of uh, special treatment that no. that he gets no it's true ronaldo a, a touch more obviously uh, quite a touch more than neymar and, and in that messy bracket and so he walked off in tears because he knows it's over too been an extraordinary month in his life yeah like really it's all really blown up yeah, I feel sorry for him. Do you? Yeah, I feel sorry for him because I feel he's totally unequipped, ill-equipped to to uh, to, to deal with this stage of his career. Yeah. Um, like you know, not I'm not going home thinking about poor Ronaldo, but like when you ask me, do I feel like, or when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I feel a bit sorry for Ronaldo uh, because he's just been like th- the same thing is is it's just happened everywhere, and I thought the the Portugal. I didn't see that coming. Mm. Santos is yeah, yeah. I really didn't see that coming. I thought no, like like, and actually Ramos's performance against Morocco. You thought, well, this is probably why you know you mightn't see it coming because he was brilliant against Switzerland, but then it didn't look the you know it looked like a god. Portugal don't have much if they drop Ronaldo, which is what I, which is what I thought would happen. They yeah, wouldn't like, he couldn't do it, and then he did it, and that like that's a huge, huge. Um, it's been such an awful way for him to exit the stage yeah but again mainly because of his own inability to understand that this is coming sure and to to recognise that that this bulletproof uh, facade and this bulletproof narcissism doesn't really protect you 
when the the other things go. Yes, I do. I am. I can understand how he couldn't come to that conclusion himself because maybe that would be to drop the the standards he set for himself. But that nobody around him couldn't at any stage in the last six months have got through to him to say, "Look, we now need to reposition how you see yourself. You may have to be super sub. You may have to." play the part and and weirdly I think that would have elevated his legacy if he had somehow transformed into supportive elder statesman team man it, it wouldn't have diminished him to, to finish like uh, that but I think you're really uh, yeah, I'm, I'm asking a lot you're asking a lot of the people <laughs> around Renata look at how he responds to the Sky Sports pundits if they criticise him it's true uh, look at how Piers Morgan gets his interview no it's true do I, do I want to be excommunicated from <laughs> like, the Ronaldo you know, entourage Ronaldo I'll you know, to go, who in the entourage <laughs> I'll do it lads. you say it to him <laughs> yeah you tell Ronaldo Fair that enough. he's going to be a super sub uh, we're pretty much out of time thank you very much Thanks, Joe. Dion Fanning from The Currency with us this evening. Football on Off The Ball brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.